And we're back, baby, for the very first time. That's right, a fearsome foursome of film fans forged in that first-class fire are here to break it down, to take it down, and to throw down everything about the schmodown. That's right, we've got Keith, we've got Ryan, we've got Chris, and of course, I am the Elk. Let's get into it this week in the schmodown. What's up, fans, and hello. Who am I? I am the Elk. Some of you out there will know me from all the great work I did on this week in the FCL, along with some adequate work from my co-hosts, of course. And now we are breaking it all down, as mentioned, in the Schmodown. I'm super excited. I can't wait to talk about some great matchups this week with three, well, let's be fair. They are amazing guys. They do a great job, and they're here to break it all down with me. First up, we've got, of course, Keith Kilduff. Hey, Keith, how you been, man? It's uh, it's been an absolute the long long time. It's been six months without you beside me virtually. And I just hope that this season I finally get the respect from you that I feel my work deserves. Absolutely, Keith. I will make sure to drop my respect levels for you two notches from where we were before, and then we should be right where you deserve, of Great. course. Joining us, he's the man who just can't stop talking. He's so famous. They say, and I quote about him, Ryan Permison. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's great to be back here with you and dive into all things Schmodown. It's the best thing in sports and entertainment, so I'm ready to dive on into this thing. Well, you keep busy, of course, doing a whole lot of shows on the internet. You can find them all over the place. We'll talk more about that later. And our super producer, the man who cannot make a decision, Chris Barnes. What's up, man? Uh, it's, uh, it's good to be back, guys. Uh, yeah, like Keith said, it's been a long time coming. And, you know, there's a slightly different look to the show now. And we're talking about a different league, but... Just glad to be back. Absolutely. And it's great to be back with all of you guys. We are going to talk about it. For those of you who know who we are, of course, welcome back. And thank you for joining us, Sean Wingblade. I know you're out there. And for those who don't know who we are, of course, I want to give you a quick introduction. We are just a couple of fans of the Schmodown, of the FCL, of movie trivia in general. And we're here to break down all the action. We have some experience. Some of us have competed in online movie trivia matches. And some of us, of course, have not. But that doesn't mean any of us are any less opinionated about everything that goes on. So today we're going to talk about all sorts of topics. But let's start off, guys. And uh, I think it'd be a great time to just jump on into it if we can. We're going to talk about all the news that's happening this week. If you guys uh, are down, you ready to do this thing? Let's go, Alex. Let's go. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Go. All right. Well, starting off, I mean, I want to start by giving a few general thoughts on the Schmodown season now that they are back. Big changes this year, guys. We are back from all of the digital. We are back in studio. We've got a new look. We've got some new people working on the table occasionally and some new regular teams there. But, of course, even more exciting, new teams appearing in the Schmodown. So far, I've been incredibly excited, and I think the level of play so far has also been very good. We've seen some high-scoring games, and we've seen some really interesting competitors show up so far, but only a taste has begun for this season. How's it been for you so far? It's been really interesting, I think, Andrew, in terms of like getting back into studio. Like We didn't quite know. We're so used to the, the digital format, the di digital era. And so like it, it's kind of it really is like a throwback to the old days. And Christian has said like he wants this to be like season four, season five, a fun season. We're getting that the studio looks amazing. The desk looks amazing. Everyone is locked in. Everyone is ready. Everyone is like singing off the same hymn sheet. So listen, it's been a fantastic first three weeks. We've got a fantastic pay-per-view coming up next week. And uh, listen, the sky's limit this season as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think I have to agree with Keith on there as well, because uh, it's nice to have it back in the studio. You know, no more dodgy internet connections, no more looking at people through little windows. The studio <laughs> looks awesome as well. It looks amazing. We've had some awesome great matches already so far. So just looking forward to seeing how, how it goes on, really. And Ryan, I know you've been waiting to see your favorite team, your favorite faction, and all your favorite players come back. Corruption, not a lot from them so far, but how are you enjoying the season, man? No, it's been a blast. You know, I want to congratulate everyone who put this together. You know, the new partnership, what is it they got with Skybound? The studio looks great. The graphics look great. The, the entrance music is great. Even the intro to Friday Night Titans itself definitely gives me an a mixture of both a SmackDown and Raw vibe from the uh, olden times of wrestling, you know, 
and it's awesome. I love it. The theme song's great. The announcers at the de- Andrew Guy, the dastardly one. I mean, I'm so used to him being the bad guy, and now he's sitting at a desk with baby carrots. It's awesome. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. So I dig the announce team. I dig the layout. I dig the structure. I dig there's new factions coming in. Some unexpected alliances are forming behind closed doors and in front of the camera. So it's great. I, I love it. MTS back in studio is where it belongs. The attitude is there. The styling and profiling is there. So, yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, Thanks for having me. Yeah, and, and kind of with that, you know, obviously the return of uh, the pit boss, Kem Napsok as well. Yeah. So that's... It's been awesome to have him back on the, on our screens in the Schmodown as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. got him as a Michael Buffer up. or a David Penzer or Howard Finkel. If you, sorry if I'm rattling off a lot of wrestling references here, but it, it works. It works for the attitude. It works for the for the for the for the uh, the the whole nine yards. So yeah, congrats, Pit Boss. You got a job. You know, yeah. I got to agree with you, Ryan, about Knapsack. He is great. He's great on the mic. We all know that. I was thinking more vibes of, I don't know, Bobby the Brain Heenan sitting at WrestleMania sure. with Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. You know, but he is amazing on the desk, of course. Welcome back to Mr. Knapsack. We're all thrilled about that. I think that the desk lineup this season is phenomenal. You've got Mark Ellis. You've got Andrew Guy. You've got Ken Knapsack. Really three of the best on the mic in the Schmodown. They are definitely going to deliver every day and provide a lot of really good knowledge about the matches since they have that in-match experience. So I think that's a great setup. And I do like the new studio as well. I mean, I can't wait to see all the exciting things that are going to happen in there. But let's talk about something outside of the studio. I'm going to go crazy, guys. I'm going to jump off and I'm going to talk about things a little out of order. We used to go step by step. But right here, I want to talk about the most foolish man in the history of the Schmodown. That's right. You all know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't even have to say it, but I'll lay it out for you. $300 is a great deal for a Gucci branded sock, sir. Why would you walk away from a deal like this? <laughs> we see this right before the interviews with with uh, Gucci and with Barbarian. Sam Levine, of course, coming back. He's going to talk to, to uh, Frank Janish of the Schmodown Rundown. Uh, that's a great show. We love you, Schmodown Rundown. Hopefully, we'll be running up against you in those Schmodown Awards in three or four years after anybody knows who we are. But what do you guys think? $300, Gucci branded sock, yay or nay? He would sell sand to the Arabs if he thought he could get away with it. He is just quite simply fantastic television. And the it just goes to kind of it ties back into everything that we're saying in that like just that in-person vibe that you get off someone in scenes like this. You just we just didn't get that in the last year or so, unfortunately. And the Shmodan did its best to try and replicate that as much. But just that witty banter that Gucci brings. And as you say, like, it's a hell of a deal, Al. It's a hell of a deal. Chris, 300 bucks. Are you springing for it? Um, I'd want a pair, to be fair. You know, there's no putting stuff in one sock. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, was it, was it Gucci's signature on there or was it supposed to be yeah. somebody else's? I don't know. Like, uh, the guy said you never heard of him. Does anybody know? I want to be sure that Are you implying that, that Bobby Gucci would sell some some sort of counterfeit goods to people in order to make money? I I don't know about this one. Uh, oh, counterfeit right, socks. I, I seem to remember a story with RB3 and a pair of trainers once. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, Adidas. I'm interested. <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm surprised that Bobby Gucci Finstock still has a job. Uh, also, I'm still surprised that he uh, uh, knows where he is and knows what day it is, uh, <laughs> considering how much of a lack of knowledge this guy's had for the last 25 years of his life. Um, yeah, selling a $300 sock, uh, that's not happening, and nor it's ever going to happen. So good luck selling that, Gucci. I mean, why don't you just give him your hoodie that says Gucci on it, why don't you? I mean, that's the only hoodie you own, right? I mean, you don't have too many clothes, so Yeah. I don't know what I don't even know what Gucci's even doing here. He makes no sense. None of his words make any lick of sense. And Barbarian, I mean, he knows how to form coherent sentences. But with with Gucci as his manager, Barbarian, I think you're barking up the wrong tree. You need to join a different faction or something. I don't know. Something's going on there behind closed doors. But listen, all, we've had many surprises in this season already. We're only three weeks in. So Barbarian, hypothetically, you know, if he gets tired, he can uh, you know wipe that signature off that contract and go somewhere else who knows well i mean they are not lacking in verbosity just like me and of course another thing that the barbarian and gucci don't lack in confidence really firing off on sam Le- i'm I'm, tell- I'm being told it's levine 
Levine. <laughs> and going after him, saying all the things you expect to hear them say, but not really attacking directly. So just saying, we're good enough. We're strong enough. We're going to take this matchup. A confidence we would see continue in the matchup itself. I do love the attitude. And from Sam Levine, and this is not an insult to you, Mr. Levine, of course. You, I'm sorry, Levine, Mr. Levine. Levine. I've got to get that correct. I'm going to keep screwing it up. Mr. Levine, no insult to you, of course. <laughs> a little bit of, and forgive me for saying this, guys, same old from Sam Levine. That's not a bad thing. Sam Levine is, of course, an amazing competitor. He's a former multi-time champion. He's been double belted. So more of the same is a good thing. Will it continue into the matchup as we all saw? Of course, it's going to continue into that matchup. But a lot of confidence from both sides coming out here. I think these interviews really got, gave me a feeling that this was going to be a matchup with no holds barred, no matter what. It's early in the season, but nobody's going to hold back because, of course, they should. It's a number one contenders match. And, of course, some other big news to talk about. We're going to talk about the matchups, but before we do, I mean, guys, shocking development, at least for a few people. And I, I got to give it over to you, Ryan, and I got to hear what you think first because this is your favorite faction. It's all about corruption. And you know what's not all about corruption? Adam Collins, because he's packing his things. He's heading over to another city, and he's getting his locker set up over there to play against his former teammates, literally leaving the Yankees to go play on the Sox or some nonsense like that. I don't watch that much baseball. He is going to go out, and he's going to be the person who's coming after, and you know he will with his level of competitiveness, after Marisol McKee and that title I say this is a huge pickup for Swag, and I want to know what you have to say, Ryan, particularly. Well, as someone who is wearing the appropriate attire for this type of a themed show, you know, wearing this this $1,000 suit, I'll say this. Is it unfortunate that we lost the Coyote? Yes. But at the same time, look, he wants to move on. He wants to do something else. And there are there are other factions that I would rather he not be on, but Swag is one of the few exceptions I'm willing to make here as a fan of this faction since day one. Corruption, NWO for life. So I'm okay with this. I'm actually, you know, is it a bit of a bummer? Yes, but at the same time, I'm cool with it. I think, what's it, uh, Winston and uh, Coyote, they're going to be fine. They're going to do well and feel bad for the queen, you know. It, uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but you know what? We're going to be fine, Janet. Uh, Marisol, we're all going to be fine here. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. We got some great players. Our stable is still good. We got a lot of gold runner wastes. Yeah. So we're going to be just fine. We're going to be hey, fine. So I wish the Coyote nothing but the best moving forward with swag. That's right. Corruption still in the lead, of course. Marisol McKee is your singles champ, although she will be facing Sam Levine soon. But Keith, you said something interesting earlier. You, you teased to us as we were talking before the show about something that I thought was real exciting, a possible tag team partner for Mr. Collins. Yeah, I mean, like, it, everything points to Collins and Oyama teaming up now. It's just, that is dangerous on a scale that we just have not seen in a while. Collins had a, had a rough last season, let's be perfectly honest. He had a few bumps. Um, so maybe with the reboot, and maybe with the change going back into studio, this might just be the change that he needs. He needed to get away from the digital aspect of being with corruption, start fresh, completely across the board new faction new people dealing with a, a different voice you know like chris you, you know you're a big football fan um like when they change up a manager like things change like play you get more out of players you get less out of players a change of scenery is good but listen a heartbreaking scene to watch as a viewer but shannon at the end of the day if you play with fire you're going to get burned and the coyote decided that he wasn't going to wait around for an answer he was going to look after himself but uh, CB, take it away. Yeah, I, I put you as right, and I think that the uh, the football analogy is quite good. I mean, it's, it could be a bit like Jesse Lingard leaving Manchester United to go to West Ham and having a storm in the second half of the season when he was uh, not even getting a game for uh, Manchester United. So it could be the same thing with Adam Collins. You know, it might be just a change of scenery needed to kickstart his movie trivia career back up again. Um, so yeah, I'll put it right. And, I, and yeah, the thought of the armor and Collins you know, a, a fully fighting Collins with the Yama teaming up. It's going to strike fear into most teams in the league, I think. <laughs> I mean, I got to agree with you, Chris. If Oyama teams up with Adam Collins, I think pretty much everybody in the Schmodown would agree that's got to be one of the most potentially lethal pairings you could possibly face. Both former singles world champions, both have been in that hunt. 
over and over again, even as they are slightly younger in their careers than some of the competitors that we're used to. I mean, force to be reckoned with? Absolutely. Possible future tag team champions? Absolutely. But they're going to have a lot to go through. And as we're talking about tag teams as well, hey, Ryan, what's Marisol going to do? Who on Corruption is going to replace Adam Collins with Lady Justice? Who could? I'm not really sure. I and mean, I'm, you know, I'm still trying to uh, wrap my head around the main event that we got coming next week, which we'll get to later. But geez, uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm sure corruption. Shannon, you got a plan because you always do. You're the queen. She's the queen for a reason. She's, you know, like I said before, the factions, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Whatever, whoever she teams up with, I'm sure it'll be uh, awesome-tacular, as a movie pundit likes to say on his YouTube channel every once in a blue moon, if you know what I'm saying. So... I'll just leave it up to Shannon. She's the queen for a reason. She's got that crown. Granted, she may have had to put the crown down earlier this week during that cutscene, but it's going to be okay. It's fine. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Seriously. I don't have to be on the fence. I don't think CB has to be on the fence anymore. So we're going to be fine. We'll be just fine. I have There's every confidence in our faction that we're going to be just fine. There's also another way of looking at it, too, in the sense that, you know, Maybe Mike decides he only wants to do IG this year, and maybe Chance and, and Marisol team up. Maybe just a, a, a rejig within, justice, yeah. you know, or potentially does Marisol just focus on the singles belt all year? That, that's another way of looking at it. It's yeah. just just layers upon layers upon layers upon layers of stuff that we just don't know yet. And it's, sure. it's just so exciting to see how it's all going to play out. Well, as mentioned uh, by you, Keith, and it is a good point. We've got a lot of talent sitting on corruption. So there are some options for Lady Justice to team up with. There's some things that Shannon can do here. And Mike Kalinowski and Marisol McKee might be one of those teams, much like Collins and Oyama could potentially be, that everybody's going to be scared of. Just like a team we had in the matchups this week, a new team. But, hey, two guys with no lack of wins under their belt, Paul Preston or T-H-E Paul Preston, joining up with J-T-E. That's an exciting matchup. We're going to talk about that one. We're going to talk about all of the matches. And for that, let's turn it on over. Keith, why don't you take the reins, man? Here we go, guys. First breakdown of the new season for us. Um, let's get into this tag team match between the movement, uh, Paul Preston, JTE, coming up against the Harris brothers. And I suppose I want to kick this discussion off with an open question to the three of you. When the team came out, there was a lot of booing from uh, the crowd. So my question to start off with, is the fan favourites a heel faction? Because it's very hard to see Adam Witt as a heel manager. I just want to get your thoughts on that before we kick into the everything. Well, I found it quite. Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh Andrew. no, hold on a second. Wait, guys, is is there going to be an opinion from Chris Barnes? <laughs> I can't interrupt this. Please, Chris, go right ahead. <laughs> it wasn't going to be much of an opinion, to be fair. I was just going to say I did also find it. You know, it's quite jarring seeing Adam Witt walking out there and there being booze. It's just it's strange. I'm guessing all the booze seem to be probably aimed at JT more than anything else, but. I don't know. I mean, if they are a heel faction, they probably really should be changing their name from the fan favourites. Because unless it's like, yeah, ironically fan favourites, I don't know. But it's who knows. Elkhorn. Well, I mean, I was just going to say, I mean, we've all sat down and we've all talked to Adam Witt. And I think there's a consensus here. I think you guys will agree with me. Adam Witt is a sharp guy. He's funny. He's on point. He's always going to entertain you. And that could be a problem if he is, in fact, a heel faction. The thing is, Keith, you're just misunderstanding the situation is what's going on here. It's not a heel faction. They're the fan favorites because they want the good kind of fans, the fans who understand and appreciate people who can play the game the right way. They have that drive. They have that terror because of the way they can answer questions. Paul Preston and JT are going to go in there and they're going to make sure they win at whatever cost. And if you can appreciate that, well, then fans, you're one of those good ones. You're one of the ones they're looking for out there. That's what the fan favorites is. It's a small group of very elite individuals who recognize the greatness in others. That's definitely one way to look at it. Parmesan, are you part of the elite group that Elk is talking about here? You know, i got to be honest. When I see JT, all I think is heel. So I guess fan favorites would fall into that category. But then again, Razor's kind of a cool dude. And his tag team partner, Paul Preston, or whatever his new name is, TH, whatever that means. You know, he's kind of a cool dude as well. So it's kind of hard to see 
those two individuals with JT. But then again, if I see JT, all I think of is heel faction. So they could go either way. But if I'm if someone had to put a stamp on this uh, new faction's resume and they have a document in front of their desk, hypothetically speaking, I would label them as a heel faction because of JT. And by the way, JT, the 90s called. They want their fashion back. Hey, 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 this is a fantastic new look. Like it's no, about it's time. Not, it's about time that the inner JTE came out, and I am living for this. I'm all in on this. But right, listen. at least one at least one of us is. I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> That's fine. Maybe maybe that puts me then in the bracket that Elk is talking about then. Who okay, knows? I'm, I mean I'd hate to be a, in a club that would have you as a member, Keith, but sometimes <laughs> oh, no. these things do happen. <laughs> also, uh for the record, when I hear JT, all I think is Trisanoceratops. But <laughs> <laughs> Geppetto as well have been a great one. But listen, <laughs> let, let's Petto, get into yeah. let's get into this. Round one ends 18-17 to the movement. JT and Paul both hit nines. Uh, their only miss is coming in um, for Paul. It's when the multiple uh, options uh, question came up about who was in the fugitive or who wasn't in the fugitive. Um, JT missing the actor that was in Child's Play Halloween and the Two Towers. John Harris actually also misses this question. And then there's a double miss in the tenth question by both of the Harrises on the Eddie the Eagle question, which hands JT and Paul the the uh, the one point lead after round one, uh, which they decide to defer to the Harris Brothers on round two. They spin away from the Rocky franchise. Another new slice coming into this year. So obviously that will encompass the Creed movies, I presume, as well as the Rocky movies. So kind of just again widens that draw out, and they get the wild card, which is the first thing that. You know, one of the big changes this season, the, the three wildcard slices, one being spinners, opponents, and a, a to-be-known slice once you uh, reveal on it. This being that particular slice in, in this instance of alien invasion movies. And to be fair to them, they hold their throw on, on all five questions, getting 10 points, putting it back up to the movement, who then spin away from a wildcard slice themselves, get Tom Hanks, and they still hold their own throw, getting five for five, but only getting eight points in this, going down to multiple choice in the last two questions, which then pings a back to a 27-26 score after round two to the Harris Brothers. Both the twos then are hitting round three by Lon and Paul, while JT gets his three. This is where then the, the match is ultimately decided, where John misses his three-pointer in the uh, category of Denzel for the actor who played uh, Paul Priswara in Deja Vu. Um, the Harrises do follow back up, pushing it back onto the movement, getting their five-pointer with the Kingdom of Heaven question. But ultimately, uh, the match is won by the movement on their five-pointer with the Morgan Freeman category, the answer being Oblivion. 36-34, final score. JTE has his eyes set on uh, taking out Gucci throughout this season. But listen, I think for a returning team that came back and a new team just put together, this was a lot of fun, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the match. I think um, um, Jonathan Harris, I, I could be wrong. I know I'm not as much in with the stats as Keith is, but uh, I would say it's probably, yes, he missed a few questions and ultimately he missed the question that, kind of cost of the match but I think it's probably one of the best performances we've seen from Jonathan Harris you know you, you kind of we kind of us well at least I expected you know Lon would be the one carrying the team and ultimately yeah, he probably did get more right than Jonathan did but I just think there's definitely some improvement there from uh John he just I think he's just got some really big um gaps in knowledge I mean he mentioned in the match you know when was it DC come up somewhere and he was like I don't know nothing about DC. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And uh, in the in the Shmodan, whether it's in Geekdom teams or singles or not, it doesn't matter. There's a lot of questions from a lot of these movies in here. So that's obviously always going to be kind of a tricky point for him. But I def think there's definitely some really good improvement from uh, Jonathan. And, um, yeah, just overall. Um, and then with, obviously, the other team, you know, kind of, I'm thinking maybe... JT just might be the perfect partner for Paul Preston. You know, he's always fell a bit, fell a bit short, Paul Preston, whether in teams match, whether he's never quite made it. Maybe this could be just that perfect match uh, with JT, with obviously Adam Witt, the other movie guy, managing them. No, I mean, I think you make some good points there, Chris, and I got to agree on a few things for sure. Uh, number one, I got to say, Paul Preston, he was billed as the next big tag thing for a short while. Everybody was talking when he got drafted. If he teams up with so-and-so, they'll be unstoppable. If he teams up with so-and-so, they'll be unstoppable. And he just missed that mark. Very similar to another competitor from last week, Whitney Seibold, who also has a new tag team partner, also seeing some success happening. I mean, honestly, between these two guys, I think there might be a real battle for the 
Schmodown competitor who's the best, who hasn't yet won a belt. I know at one point it was one of my favorites, Andrejko. I think these two guys definitely are in contention for that. And I see some similarities in the way this team played to the way that that team played. Uh, I think you're right. Maybe this is it for Paul Preston. Finally, the breakout that he needs. And, I mean, if you don't love T-H-E, Paul Preston, you're not watching the right show, guys. He's clearly putting on a great entertaining show for you out there. Also found it really interesting to watch how they navigate that wild card. I mean – I'm sure, Keith, you've thought about this. That changes the game immensely because it's a percentage chance and you never know what you're going to get. That makes the decision much more difficult. It means when you re-spin, there's three slices on that wheel that could be anything in the world, including opponent's choice. You can't try to stay away from it. You can't try to work around the strategy. You just have to make that decision. And it's going to affect the play a lot, I think, although we haven't seen it so much so far. Parmesan, what do you make of it all? Well, I find it interesting that Lon Harris has been like, what, three three different characters or three different personas this guy's had in his career? Goes in as a professor, then he goes in as a bum, a lazy bum, and then he comes out as, I guess, himself? I don't know. He's been like, you know what I mean? This guy's gone through some serious transformations. And by the way, Lon and, what is it, Jonathan Harris, do those guys ever shave? Honestly, I wonder how young they would look if they shaved off those beards of theirs. Goodness gracious. All that facial hair. Gee whiz, where do you put all that stuff, fellas? But listen. On your face. Uh, yeah, but aside from that, CB, get get off my case here, man. <laughs> so aside from that, aside from that weirdness we just got into there for a few minutes, uh, you know, congrats, JT. You got something under your belt. I still think you need to leave those fashions in the 80s or the 90s. And listen, what, what, one thing's for sure, the movement, as you're called, there's no shortage of putting their own stamp on the word style when it comes to those two gentlemen. So I will give Paul Preston and JT that. I will give them that. But yeah, heck of a match. Wild cards here, wild cards there, wild cards everywhere. I want to see how much of an effect those are going to have in the season moving forward. But other than that, heck of a match, close match, a lot of points on the board. And hey, the tag the tag team division is getting very heated. So many new alliances, so many new, you know, things are happening. So this division is definitely going to be something to talk about as the season progresses. It's um it's interesting, Elk, when you're kind of talking about Preston and kind of what he was been perceived as and you know where he kind of stands. This is his first win in teams. He's been 0-6 going into this match. He, movie guys were 0-2, and himself and Tom were 0-2, and, and himself and Goddard last year were 0-2 as well. So it's an interesting that it almost is like the answer to teams is almost JTE. It's like, you know, like I need a partner, JTE. You know, I need to get through teams, JTE. And for some reason, this works. And in addition to having wit there, it's nice to have that kind of... No, Wit, to me, is one of the underrated managers that we have out there at the moment. I think that some his, his ability to challenge and why is just completely underrated. And I think that that will keep these guys in good stead throughout the season. But th that's just my view on that. Sure. No, I agree with you, Keith. I mean, they got a great manager, they got great style, and they got great strategy moving forward. And now with a win under their belt, I mean, I'm excited to see what the movement is going to do. And, you know, if you want to see what the movement can do, have some coffee in the morning and wait about 30 minutes. Don't forget some fantastic uh, Peacemaker-inspired dance moves at the end of the match as well. Agreed, agreed. But listen, congratulations to the movement, 36-34, and let's move on to the main event of uh, Friday Night Titans, Episode 3, the Barbarian versus the returning Sam Levine, number one contender match. And I suppose, guys, going into this, who did you fancy getting the win and why? Parmesan, kick us off. I gotta, I gotta say, I was going with Levine from the get. Because, I, look, the Barbarian's got skills. He does. And he's put up some good fights. He's gotten some good wins under his belt, some upsets, if you will. But, I mean, Sam Levine. I mean, the, But then again, you, I, we didn't know what we were going to get with Sam Levine. Because he's been gone for four years, although he's, he's never really left. Because he's been sitting behind the scenes working hard. He's been managers. He's been commissioners. He's done all this other behind-the-scenes stuff. So, I guess, I mean, in a way, I guess he had an advantage going in. Because he's practiced so much with his former, you know, faction mates and all that jazz so but yeah, going into wife. this i yeah going into this i had levine all the way and by the way it's it's sam levine not levine so let's just make that perfect I, I talked to gucci earlier i'm pretty yeah, sure sure everything gucci yeah. says has to be true right no it's not it's hogwash it's what we call bantha fodder i think andrew built that sock off him <laughs> Probably. i think he bought more than a sock yeah. off of him, but that's a story for another day entirely 
So you better not charge it to the to the this week in the FCL uh, credit account. CB is yeah. the only thing. Yeah. Credit account. Yeah. Charge <laughs> to the Venmo. Why don't you? I wonder where that money went. Listen, yeah, listen guys, it's I would never charge something like that to the account. You know, I only use that for hookers and blow. Wow. Family show, Andrew. Family show. But, uh... <laughs> We're gonna have to cut that out, CB. We'll have to, I'll beep that. But here's yeah. the here's the alternate line for you. You know, I only use that for for day long trips to the amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> Another CB, one here's your family out. friendly, the, Chris. Las Vegas is not actually an amusement park. I'm telling you, CB is going to have so much fun in the editing bay later tonight. Later tonight. <laughs> oh, this C- is all saying. Yeah. CB, who'd you got in white? Um, much like what Ryan touched on, you. I mean, you know, my head probably was saying leaning towards Levine, obviously, just because we know what he could do, has done in the past, but he's been gone for a while. But like Ryan said, he hasn't really been gone. So it's, you know, oh, it's just. I don't know, Barbarian seems to have sort of flattered to, to see for me a little bit. I mean, he is good, but I just think Sam Levine, the, at least the Sam Levine that left was probably on a different level. You know, he was on like the, no, he was the top, he was the top of the, uh, top of the perch at the time. So, yeah, I was definitely leaning towards Sam. Elk, I always find that, you know, when we talk about things like ring rust, there's a difference I find between stepping away but still being involved as opposed to stepping away and going cold turkey. And kind of to kind of build on what Ryan and CB are saying, Sam stayed involved within the community, within the show, within the matches themselves. So while he was away, was he really that far away that this was going to be a step too far from him? I mean, you never really know what's going to happen with these competitors when they're away. Certainly coming into this matchup, I couldn't discount Sam Levine. Seven wins in a row multiple titles in fact king of not one but two different mountains at the time he decided to step away he's been around as you said he's been watching how the show updated certainly helping out as a commissioner he made that wonderful purchase of all the belt polish they could need i mean he's definitely had his foot in the door but you can still never discount that time away either i had a lot of appreciation of course for gucci and the barbarian because i love the attitude i love the way they come at this game and i love the improvement when Barbarian started, maybe not a top-of-the-line competitor, but he's consistently stepped it up. He's consistently gotten just that little bit better every matchup. Barbarian, someone I see hanging around near the top of the card for a long time to come. And yet, coming in, as mentioned, seven wins in a row, two titles around his waist, former champion of the world, Sam Levine. You cannot cut him out. I was hoping he would lose. I absolutely wanted to see Gucci and Barb's oh, moving forward. Gosh. I wanted to see Elvis wearing that belt at home somehow. I want all this to happen. But Sam Levine comes in, and you might be right, Keith. It might just be that sticking around, being so close, is the reason why the ring rust didn't settle in on Sam the way it does on anybody else. Or it could just be that he's constantly surrounded by some of the greatest minds in movie trivia, even at home. This is very true. Listen, let's get into this. So it ends 11-9 to Sam after round one. He's getting the perfect round. Barbarian misses question three, which is the director of Cheaper by the Dozen. Sean Levy, Sam getting that. And that that's the difference here in round one. Um, as we move into round two, then Sam decides to defer his old tactics of, you know, you go first and I'll follow you. Uh, Barbarian decides to spin away from uh, 60s, gets Disney, and goes four, for, goes four out of five for seven points, giving up a steal here on the who plays Harry in the adventures of a Natty Gant question. Um, Sam steals that, picks up the extra point, spins John Hughes, decides to keep it. He holds the throw, getting all five questions correctly for a total of nine points. Go, goes down to multiple choice on the great outdoors question, but ultimately he's extended that two-point lead. It's now five-point lead. It's 21-16 after round two. Barbarian hits two and three in round three. Sam replies with his two to bring us to the brink at 21-23. Barbarian pulls an amazing five in another new category, Ramus and the Reitmans, for what 2010's film does Ivan direct and have a cameo in, no strings attached being the correct answer. Sam takes his three to bring us to 26, all if it needed to go to uh, sudden death. And then on his five in 90s, uh, also gets a, a cameo question, if you think about it, for what 93 film did Joe Pesci uh, appear at the end of A Bronx Tale and your winner, 31 one 26 100 percent accuracy and sam will face marisol mckee this friday night on pay-per-view for the singles title fight what a way to come back what a statement to make to the rest of the league and listen this if you weren't excited for friday night then sam's performance i think just ups this by 15 20 percent. but please guys fire ahead 
I got to say, first of all, a journey of Natty Gan question. That's awesome. Okay. As someone who grew up watching that movie a lot on VHS, that is something. And second of all, for Barbarian to pull the no strings attached, that is insane. That is insane. That is a five pointer fight for her one. And also, Sam Levine's five pointer never would have been able to touch that. Not even close. I wouldn't even know where to begin with that one. And Sam Levine to pull that out. And then when he checked down to multiple choice for that film, what was The Great Outdoors with John Candy? Yeah. My goodness. This match was methodical. It was brilliantly written, brilliantly executed. And I got to give Barbarian a lot of credit here because when he pulled that no strings down, I'm thinking. This guy is no, you know, guy with a walking carpet all over his all over his shoulder. This guy knows how to play. This guy knows how to play. Like he's got some really good skills. Like if his averages and his points in, you know, breaking numbers, you have to chime in on this man. If his numbers don't go up, I don't know what will because Barbarian proved that he belongs that he belongs in this arena. He proved that he belongs in the center of that ring, going up against the best of the best. And San Levine taking a four-year, I mean, as far as competing-wise, absence. And for him to come back, there was no ring rust on him whatsoever. He thought about it. When he needed to check down a multiple choice, he did. When someone needed to use a JTE, they did. I mean, this was a nail-biter. This is what I want in the MTS. This is what I want on Friday Night Titans. I want everything to, be, to come down to the wire. I want it to be razor thin, keep you on the edge of your seat. You're not, you're not going to know what's going to happen next. New alliances coming in, people betraying each other, stabbing each other, whatever it is. I didn't think, first of all, I wasn't sure, how, how does Sam Levine fit into all this? I really don't know how that works. And then when they did the whole previously on Friday Night Titans segment, now I understand why Sam Levine's doing what he's doing. Now I understand why he's competing, why he's doing it the way he's doing it. I'm like, dang, Sam, you've retired not once but twice, and all of a sudden you want to come back in again? Again? I mean, is this guy ever going to quit? Gee whiz. He's been doing this for like 20 years, even though he looks like he's 25, even with a full facial beard, but whatever. I mean... Gosh almighty, I don't know how that's going to work. And some of the people at Usual Suspects aren't too happy about this. People were bashing him on Twitter saying, why would you do this, Sam? Why, 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 why? I don't understand. But look, Sam, I, I would have been cool if you stayed retired and never came back, although you make a few appearances here and there. That's fine. But for you to come back and do this, and now you're the number one contender for the world heavyweight title, singles title, next week. Against Marisol, who's been on a roll herself. I mean, Marisol started, you know, in the fan leagues where I met her. And now she's doing it. The way this has all come together is crazy to think about. I didn't see this one coming. I mean, if Marisol's going up against anybody, I thought it would have been someone else on the roster, respectively, right? I wasn't thinking of Lysan Levy, but now that he's back, boy, this is massive headlines everywhere. This is breaking Twitter. This is breaking Instagram. This is breaking Twitch. I mean, this story, this these matches that are going to go down next week on Friday Night Titans slash the pay-per-view of Extravaganza. This is this if, if this past week's episode didn't break the internet with Sam Levine's return to the ring after a four-year absence, competing-wise, anyway. I don't know what will. So my hats off to everyone who put this match together. My hats are off to the Barbarian. My hats are off to Sam Levine. Congratulations on your win. Next week's main event. That's going to be something to talk about for years to come. Am I right, gentlemen? I think I am. Back to you, Keith. What do you think? I mean, I'm. Pretty, but you pretty much summed it up in the last four minutes, Permison, what I'm thinking Thank as well. You. <laughs> so you I don't are really, so welcome. <laughs> I don't have much more to add that you've said, but listen, Elk, you're not shy of a word or two, so I'm sure you have a few things to say about this match. I mean, Ryan did just say a whole lot of things that I was thinking about. I got to give it to you, Ryan. I think you're spot on pretty much all over the place here. I will reiterate, maybe this is an underrated match. Later on, people aren't going to be looking back and thinking about this one as far as deep strategy goes but there's no wrong decisions here i think every time one of the competitors had to, had to make a decision had to take their time choose what to do with the wheel all of these decisions were made correctly here it shows that these guys are two players who well one obviously an old-time vet a classic champion of the schmodown he's been around for a while barbarian has been holding it down in the entire time almost that he's been gone very very impressive from the both of them here and you want to talk about heels. How about Sam Levine, the biggest heel in the Schmodown? First, he throws in the bomb of breaking up the usual suspects. No, look at the fallout. If you think I'm wrong, go ahead. What happened after that? Irwin and Janine, all those players out there who are looking for revenge. Sam Levine basically threw a grenade in the room and then walked in and said, I'm back, baby. I'm going to take in the chaos and I'm going to use it to my advantage. 
He does it here. He stays calm, collected, wins what I think is a great match that really, really should be looked at a little more deeply so you can see the decision that these guys make. But otherwise, I agree with everything Ryan said. Thank you. See, see me? Yeah. Nice to be yeah, again, I'll, I'll kind of agree with everything Ryan said, not everything that Andrew said, but um, <laughs> it was a fantastic match, wasn't it? I mean, Sam come back like he hadn't been gone, kind of as we alluded to earlier but... on. He was he was phenomenal, just dropping to multiple choice once. That's the only points he lost through the entire match. And we are in for a pretty spectacular um, yeah. main event next week. Um mm-hmm. Barbarian, I think Barbarian, he did well as well, though. You know, he was, he was stayed right in it, and, well, as long as he could stay in it to the end, and uh, he, he did well. You know, sometimes I was sat there watching the match, and I was thinking, he's thinking about the answer to questions, he's stroking that thing on his shoulder, whatever yeah. it is, a ferret, I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's, it's a rug. I was thinking he's, yeah. he needs to spend less time looking after Elvis, maybe, and actually thinking about the question, but you know what? He was pulling him out, even like I said, the no strings attached question from the, uh, Huge that was ball. the Reitman and Ramis yeah. Uh, we also love that new category, and I love. Someone mentioned earlier the new categories that are coming out. Anyway, they're crazy. It's it's fantastic. So, yeah, Barbarian probably surprised me in a sense. He was a bit closer mm-hmm. than I thought he was. If you know that going off the fact that, presuming Sam, the Sam was going to turn up that left the Schmodan when he when he stopped uh, competing. If that Sam turned up, like I said earlier. It was always going to be tough for Barbarian, but he uh, he did a good job. Hundred percent, and I think listen to kind of to echo everything that you're saying. It, the word that kind of comes to mind is clean. It was just a clean game that Sam mm-hmm. played. No yeah. drama, you nope. know. Like I like everything that you're saying. When I needed to pause, I paused. When I needed to repeat, I repeat. When I needed to confirm something, I went down to multiple choice and I backed myself. Like it was just a clean game. Um, and the barbarians threw everything back at him. That was the thing. Like it was still up to Sam to win, regardless of everything. And this is one thing that we said a lot last year was irrelevant of like what's gone on before. Things still come down to the five, and you got to get the job done. Sam got the job done. Barbarian obviously never want to lose, but he's still, in my eyes, he's still one of those kind of top eight guys in the rankings. And he he will get another spin around to get another chance to get back at a title fight. But listen, fantastic main event of Friday Night Titans episode three. And I think now is the right time to look forward to this pay-per-view next week. And let's break down everything that's going on next week in the Shimoda. Next week in the Schmodown, history is going to be made one way or the other. Will it be a great night for the greatest faction in the history of the Schmodown known as Corruption, the NWO of the MTS brother? Yeah. Or will it be the beginning of a new era for the Beast known as William the Beast Viviani and the Inglorious One coming back to competition after a four-year, four-year absence of competition? We'll find out. But... First things first, you got the beast, the beast, Bibbs, Bibbs, who also likes to sell soap apparently a lot every time he's on a live stream. He likes to sell soap. I don't understand that, but all right. So you got the William the Beast Bibbiani going up against my boy, the Cobra. Yeah. Chance Ellison of Corruption, the greatest faction in the history of the MTS and in sports and entertainment. But got to go to you first on this, uh, Andrew. How do you feel this match between Bibbs and Ellison is going to go down? I mean, this is a match that you could look at and say this is early in the season. This is a throwaway match. It's just there to fill up the card. But how can you be disappointed with these two guys right here? You've got two guys who might, now that Jeff Slider's gone, be in competition with JT for that greatest tag team partner title. You got Chance Ellison, who's rocked the house over and over with Mike Kalinowski. He's a threat in every single division. And William Bibiani may be the most solid, as far as movie trivia knowledge, of any competitor in the history of the Schmodown. Doesn't always get the win, but always knows what he's talking about. I personally think this one's just going to be, well, it's going to be fun is what it's going to be. Watching two guys at this level face off against each other should be a heck of a way to open up the card. And you need something big to open up the card because we both know, and hell, all four of us here know, what's going to be coming after that match is going to be something that is hard to tee up. That is very true, very true. Uh, Keith, you're a numbers guy, or at least you used to be about 10 years ago. I'm just curious, 
How do you think this is going to play out between Cobras and Beasts? Who's going to take this one? Is it going to be Cobra of G.I. Joe or the Beast from Beauty and the Beast going to come in and just destroy him? What do you think? Well, first off, it's going to be amazing to finally get a William Bibiani entrance again. Like, God only knows the amount of ideas that he's had in his head for the last two years talking into a camera. But uh, no, I think this is an interesting one in the sense that, and it's something that we haven't really talked about yet, but I'm sure as the weeks go by, we will. And that's the change of the format. We've, we've gone from an 8 4 3 to a 10 5 3 split. And I think that while that allows a competitor to get back into the game, it also allows a very strong competitor to get out in front and stay in front. Kind of like what Sam did uh, this week. I think that the new format helps the like of a Bibs more than it does Chance. But on the same token, the wildcards uh, element in round two probably plays back into Chance. I think ultimately if Bibs comes out of round two in the lead, he wins because I, he, he doesn't shit the bed like what he used to uh, you know, early on in his career. Um, but no, I'd be, I'd be backing Bibs on this one. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So, uh, someone known as CB, show me paint the fence. I don't want you to show me how to paint the fence, CB. I want to know right here, right now. No fences. No. No tricks. No stunts. Just tell it like it is. Is Cobra gonna walk away with the W against the Beast, or is the Beast gonna really just, you know, take a bite out of the apple and just, you know, lay waste to the Cobra? What do you think is gonna go down? Well, uh, this may look like a chair that I'm sitting on here. But I can tell you, it is well and truly a fence. I'm not sure which way I'll go. I mean, I'll probably lean towards Bibiani just because his general knowledge. He's probably one of the most knowledgeable players in the game in general anyway. You know, if, if everything goes his way, you know, I can see him taking the win. The thing that's amazing to me is, I, you know, it's William Bibiani and Chance Ellison. They're two of the biggest names in the Schmodown. And they're on an undercard, you know, this match would be a main event on any other show, any other uh, average uh, episode of Titan. So it's just what a way to kick off next, uh, next week's pay-per-view really. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I would agree with that. And then that leads right into something known as the main event, something that we never thought we'd see something that is going to break the internet 10 times over. It's going to have everyone talking all 20,000 people sitting in the Schmodown Arena that night watching this in the seats. 20,000 people watching live at home, however they're doing it through Patreon or YouTube or whatever. But my goodness, this matchup, never thought I'd see this. But this is going to be one for the ages. I truly believe it could go either way. I mean, I'm not wearing this shirt for no reason. So I'm backing you, Marisol. I'm backing you because it's our faction. It's corruption. It's the NWO for life. Yeah. But anything is possible. We've seen crazier things have happened. I mean, one of the biggest upsets in the history of the Schmodown took place when Dan Merle came out of retirement and went up against Andrew Guy, and look how that happened. Could the same thing happen here? I don't know. Anything's possible. But, Keith, main event stakes are on the line. The title is on the line. Potential future of the MTS singles division is on the line. Who's walking away with the belt? This is so, so tough to kind of come up with a, a logic or a reason to, to kind of say this person definitely i think i kind of going back to what i said about uh, bibiani and chance i think the changes help sam and i think that also with the changes and the additional questions in round one and round two i don't see the betting round and the speed round being as make or break i think that there's enough in the extra questions added like there's the guts of four points there which when you think about it, you know, from a, a round three and four in a title fight, like there's eight available there if you sweep the board in the speed round. So I think that there's enough in round one and two that it isn't make or break in round three and four. Sam has always been tidy on, on the buzzers. So like you would imagine that that hasn't gone away. Um, putting a gun to my head, I think Marisol just about defends. But I would be in absolutely no way surprised if Levine gets this done. Mm, very true. Very true. And going over to Andrew here. Andrew, the announcers brought this up during the course of what was it? This past week's episode of Friday Night Titans. You know, Sam Levine has eight wins. If Marisol gets this, she would have eight wins and three title defenses successfully if she retains the belt, which could very well happen or could not. It could go either way. But in your opinion, Andrew, where do you think this match is going to go? Do you think it's going to stay with Corruption or maybe go to the new era of Sam Levine? 
Well, I, you know what, Ryan? You and I are absolutely simpatico today because I was thinking about that exact same thing. How exciting is this? We've got win streaks on the line. We've got titles on the line. Basically, this is a match to determine early on in the season who's running things in the showdown. Yes, we know there's commissioners, there's managers, but there's always those competitors who lead the way, who guide the Schmodown through a season with their wins and their losses. The person who comes out of this victorious is going to be someone who's going to be at the center of attention, the center of all of our viewing for some time to come. And on top of that, you've got two of the greatest competitors. Maybe I could talk about who studied with the better group. But on Marisol's side, she's been hanging out with Adam Collins and Chance Ellison and Mike Kalinowski. And on Levine's side, he's been in the center with all the great people. But of course, you know, he's close to a few of them. Rachel Cushing, a particular note. I might say that Sam might have some trouble with animated or inner geekdom. But if Rachel's been giving him a hand, you can throw that right out the window, too. So really, it's an incredibly tough match. And I got to agree with with Keith that I think it's a wash in a lot of categories. Speed round, Marisol has more recent experience, but Sam Levine was great at the speed rounds from what we've seen in the past. You've got the betting round, both smart players. They're going to know where their numbers are, and they know what kind of splits you want. They know when to bet big and when to bet small. So again, I don't think it's coming out. In fact, if I could make a bold prediction, and no, it's not going to be who's going to win because I'm going to jump on with CB on this one. I don't want to try. Maybe the match will be decided by one simple thing, and here's what it could be. The one thing that I think could be a big difference maker for both competitors and may just decide this match, watch that wheel round and watch out for wild cards because a wild card you can't spin away from could be the end for one of these competitors. I think that's really where the danger lies most of all. If they get beyond then, then what we've got, Ryan, we're going to have a slugfest. We're going to have toe-to-toe, punch-for-punch, shot-for-shot from both of these competitors, and I don't think they're going to stop until somebody's on the floor. Who's it going to be? Twist my arm, I say give it to the defending champ because she deserves respect for what she's done over the last little while, but I'm not making a real decision. I'm jumping right up there with Chris, and I have no shame in that this time because this right here is way too close to call. And just uh, Ryan, before we get to uh, the Mr. Fence, the other thing that we kind of need to bring up as well is that they've made a change to round three, the the, uh, the betting round, in the sense that it used to just be one spin, whereas now there's an option for a secondary spin. So to tie back into what Elk is saying about the wild card, oh. like if Levine's up by one and spins a wild card, he doesn't have to take it. He can spin again. And then if he lands on 80s or something like that, then it just tips back in his favor again. There's all these little intricacies that are to be determined they could happen they might not happen but it just adds extra layers to what's already going to be a fantastic contest that is my goodness gracious i did not even think of that i was not aware of some of the certain rule changes that have taken place most recently within the mts but thanks to you for bringing that to our attention we do appreciate that and also cb we saw this past <laughs> week shannon had to put the crown down because she lost the coyote that rattled her cage that, ra that rattled her emotionally. Now she has to put everything in her focus on Marisol's title defense against Sam Levine. Will the emotions be put in check? Will she be able to fully, as well as her, Marisol, be able to fully focus in and dial in on this game in this matchup against Sam Levine? Or because of the changes with corruption and Adam moving over to, or Adam Collins, the Coyote moving over to swag, is that going to rattle their concentration is that going to throw corruption as an entire faction off their game as they go into this main event or but can they put those things behind them and have them can this be a night for corruption to rule over the mts once again or will things transition over to you know beast and sam levine is the new champ and also sam levine if he wins him and rachel the crusher cushing could be the new king and queen of the mts because Sam is with Rachel. They're an item. They're engaged. They're about to get hitched, if I do if I do believe that's true. I, or if I'm saying that, I mean, I know it's right, but what I'm saying is I don't know if the date is happening. I don't know. I don't know these things. But still, could we see a new king and queen of the Schmodown? Or will corruption retain and keep their crown, CB? What's going to happen with the with this matchup in the main event? I think I'm going to surprise you. Um, I think with what happened... Uh, on the episode with Corruption and Shannon and uh, Adam Collins, I think that's exactly why Marisol will win this match and become, what, def defend the title three times. Um, that being said, this is kind of going to flow into the next segment, so I'm gonna, just going to remove this from the screen and get on with it. So we're going to look at like, some final thoughts for everyone for this week's shows. I'm going to start it off 
though, with a kind of a question for you all. If Marisol is to uh, win against Sam, and obviously that'd be three defences, would that now kind of cement her as one of the best singles champions that the Schmodown's ever seen? It has to. It has to, right? Yeah, my understanding off the top of my head, I don't believe anyone has offended it three times, so she would be out on her own for that. I know Merle's done it twice a couple of times. Yeah. can't remember off the top of my head if he's done it three. So, like, mm. uh, like add it all up, it'll be eight wins in a row, three defences, three, four, five rounders that she's won in a row, like, 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of where I am with it, I think. And I, th- I think they will, and I think they're going to use that, what happened with... Adam Collins going off to swag, and that might actually just uh, push Marisol over the line and get get that uh, third title defence, you know. But I've been wrong many times before, and Sam Levine is formidable. So, <laughs> you know, he, he could just have one of those matches where he just misses nothing. But, okay, so let's go around. Uh, Andrew, any like final thoughts on this week's uh, episode of Titans or anything you just want to talk about in general? Absolutely. Uh, I want to just say first off to anybody who is watching this show, I know there's a couple of you out there. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is great to be back with some great guys and Keith as well to break it all down for you and tell you what's going on here in the Schmodown. Hopefully you've had a good time with it. As far as everything that went on this week, what have we come out of this episode of the Schmodown's Friday Night Titans with? Well, we have exactly that. We got Titans. We've got the return of a legend. We've got an impressive performance by Barbarian. The Harris brothers looking very, very solid, not missing a step, maybe even a little bit above the level they were at before. And the movement coming together. I'm sorry, JT and Paul Preston. They're entertaining. They're absolutely devastating when it comes to the movie trivia. They're going to be a team to be reckoned with. And I know we're going to be seeing a whole lot more of them, which I'm excited about because they are some great guys. And also as a last note, and this is very important. Does anybody want to buy a sock? I'll give you a great deal. Boy, that can be turned in a couple of different directions. Uh, The answer is negative, sir. Okay, Ryan, uh, if you've got any quick final thoughts, you know, under 90 seconds would be preferable, obviously. <laughs> you know, we know how you can talk. Yeah, you're on the clock, purpose. Right? I am on the clock. Thank you for noticing there, uh, Keith, stats, numbers, dude. Listen, new year, new set, new studio, new factions, new alliances, new betrayals. I'm loving what I'm seeing. We're getting title matches in the fourth week already. Like, they are not wasting anytime in the words of mr hammond we spend no expense they are just going you know crazy balls to the wall they don't care they are just going full on like they're putting all the cards on the table and i like it i like it a lot so i say bring it on friday night titans because i will be there every friday and there's a lot of history that's going to be made in the next several weeks if not months within the mts so in the words of our good friend dwayne the rock johnson just bring it I'm in. Well done, Ron. Well done. Okay, Keith, finally, any final thoughts for you before Andrew takes us out for this first <coughs> episode of This Week in the Schmoder? Yeah, I think the thing that I'm looking forward to seeing more is, is the is the strategic element of things, seeing all these new categories, seeing the likes of, you know, uh, Ramus and the Reitman, seeing Amblem, I believe, is another one that came up the other week. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rocky franchise, obviously, was one was prevalent this week. Just seeing the extra layers and levels of, of strategy as we move forward throughout the week so that, you know, it's a new season, it's a new change. And there's going to be a new way of playing the game. The game is constantly evolving, and this is the next iteration of it. So I'm just looking forward to see how it pans out over the next few weeks and months. Awesome. Okay, Andrew, take us out for this week. Well, folks, once again, hope you've had fun listening in to all the stuff we have to say. We've got some statistical breakdowns. We've got some knowledge, and we've got a whole lot of love for the sport of the Schmodown. We'll be back next week to break it down some more. Until then, if you're interested in reaching out to me, my favorite part of the Rocky franchise is the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I tweet sometimes <laughs> at Kelk Andrew. Keith, where can folks find you online? Twitter and Instagram at KeithClough89. Parmesan. Yeah, that's... Nice transitions there, folks. Listen, in all seriousness, it was great to be back here. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RyanRPM5. I do a million things a week. There's so much going on and so many things are about to come. So if you want to find out what's going down, follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at RyanRPM5. And thanks for having me, guys. It's good to be back in the studio. It's good to be back. Chris, how about you? Well, you can follow me everywhere. Well, 
Twitter and Instagram, uh, Chris Barnes underscore UK, and normally manning the uh, at this week FCL Twitter account. So if there's anything you guys wanted to talk about on the show next week or whatever week, drop us a message on there. You know, leave us a comment and uh, yeah. let us know. Get some special guests. We may have some surprises later this year. You never know. Absolutely. I agree, guys. I think we've got some exciting stuff we can do in this upcoming season. So once again, thanks for being here, folks. Maybe we'll have some of our favorite FCL competitors on who did not make their way up. And the ones that we thought maybe got overlooked in the draft, maybe should have been there. They might stop by. Hell, we'll try to get some Schmodown competitors on here as well. But what we will do every single week is we'll be back here to break it all down. We've got Keith for the stats. Ryan, for every one of those wonderful quotes. We love him. Don't forget to check him out on And I Quote and any of the wonderful programming he does outside here. Ryan, I want to give you that plug because you're always so good to us. Chris Barnes will be firmly planted on the fence and working as our wonderful super producer here at This Week in the Schmodown. I am, as always, the L. All of y'all, hope you're enjoying us and hope you enjoy that movie trivia. We'll see you next time.